The time has come to reimagine South City Park. Three years ago, South City Park was fenced to provide security while the city designed a plan to redevelop park amenities and deal with illegal camping in the area. But now, after some initial funding challenges, American Rescue Plan Act funds will help provide the push to reimagine South City Park. Kim Niemer, Director of Community Services, talks about the project, what features and amenities are being considered for the park, and addresses the safety concerns that many community members have voiced about the homeless population in this area. An online community survey is now open at cityofreading.org slash southcitypark, along with the dates and times of three public workshops. These are all geared toward collecting community input and feedback on park amenities. Be sure to visit cityofreading.org slash southcitypark to join the discussion, or you can check the show notes for a direct link to the community survey. M. Neymar, Director of Community Services for the City of Reading. And in my position here, which I am just now celebrating 25 years with the city, I oversee our parks department, our recreation programming, uh, the library operations, as well as all the park and trail development, and most of our relationships with our local nonprofits and schools. Great. And so, Kim, maybe you can just fill the community in on what's going on with South City Park right now. Yeah, it's an exciting time to finally be getting back to South City Park. It's been about three years since we put the fencing up and the park had really not been serving as a recreation amenity for a while. And there was a lot of illegal camping going on. So uh, we made the hard decision to put the fence around and we invited community groups to come and give us ideas uh, that what they might like to do with the park and really mostly due to expense, none of those really took heat. So we, so it's been sitting there. And so recently the city found out that it was going to be getting a fair amount of money through the American Rescue Act funding and some wildfire funding. And so it seemed like it was a good time with some one-time money coming to the community to try to put some of it at South City Park and reactivate it. I hear from a lot of people, it makes me sad to drive by it every day to see it locked up. So while it has been locked up, there's been some limited use. We have bocce ball courts there and we've been running leagues almost year round since then. The Colt 45 seasons have been canceled during COVID, but there is some limited baseball play there. And we have provided the code to some folks that are using it for the tennis courts, but certainly not the use that we would expect a a park of that size in that location. So this is a great opportunity to kind of reinvigorate and redesign, reimagine South City Park. And so we went to the city council and asked their permission to to go out and seek the community's interest. And so we're in the midst of that now. And Kim, I'm curious with regard to South City Park, you mentioned the American Rescue Act funding and the wildfire funding. How is it that South City is determined to to get that funding? I guess, how does that process work? Are there a series of parks that are in need of some some TLC and some attention? And this was just one of them on the list or because of the amount of funding that's available, it's now being directed towards South City? I would say that the funding and the amount of funding is still to be determined by the city council. And so the funding parameters parameters for that money is pretty broad and South City Park, given its location and purpose, qualifies for both of them. And it's not that we went ahead and prioritized any formal process other than that it is going to take a, a fair amount of money. And so our park development funds are fairly limited and that we had, this was an opportunity to kind of jump ahead of, of any of that funding with this project. 
budget aside, there are some existing features inside South City Park that are going to determine what any new features look like that are going in there. Can you walk us through what the city is really looking at to do in South City Park? What areas of the park are under discussion for redevelopment? And what are the, the different ideas that some of the community has, has come up with? Sure. So the bocce ball courts are actually fairly new. I think they came in about three or four years ago and they've been very popular. So those will remain. We are actually examining the conditions of the tennis courts, whether those will stay in their current condition and just be refurbished or we're actually taking a closer look because they've been out there for a while and they're on asphalt and not concrete. And then Tiger Hall, which is a building adjacent to Tiger Field, that is a, a locker room and clubhouse and storage for the Colt 45s as well as the park maintenance crew. And then we have a building on the Parkview side that serves as storage, but we're also kind of examining whether that could be repurposed as well. So primarily we're looking at the area where the playground used to be, but in the moment, we're also kind of exploring the, the greater park as well. You've helped plan and implement several city parks now over, over your tenure. What do you think South City Park needs most? Well, I do think that in order for it to be a vibrant park and to really flip the switch on, I don't want to go back to where we were three years ago. We need a fairly continuous flow of park users, and that means a good variety of amenities there. So, you know, pickleball is an idea. We get, we have literally 200 people a day using pickleball courts at Enterprise Park. This could be an opportunity. There's a lot of retired people that are there uh, during the workday. I think large, Fun playgrounds do draw families of all ages. That could be an option. You know, what we want to avoid is things that are too precise, too special interests that don't draw people, a wide swath of people throughout the day and the week and the seasons. And so one of the other things that is really important to this discussion is some programming. So I'm also going to be proposing a staff person that would help there's a lot of great ideas and I always have people come say, well, they have this in Davis or this in Bend or this in Roseville. And the reality is we don't have a lot of program staff, but the type of events and activities, whether it's seasonal markets, dog training classes, any sort of event or program, you know, sometimes we get lucky and people in the community step forward to do this, but, and if you want it done well, we really need a consistent effort and somebody who's tasked with reaching out into the community and developing a programming calendar that will also augment use of the park. So I think a combination of really attractive, well-planned elements with an overlay of uh, ongoing programming is the mix. It's a unique park in that it is kind of our downtown park right now. But then also that it is the neighborhood park for Parkview neighborhood, Garden Track, and we call it the Wildwood neighborhood up on Cliff Drive area. So, you know, we need a mix of amenities that serve kind of bigger special events, but also neighborhood uses as well. In the initial survey feedback that the city has been receiving on South City Park, there's been a lot of concern over the safety of the area, the transient population that is present in that area. Does the city have any plans to address these moving forward as we start to talk about building in community-based features here? Sure. We have a community of unhoused persons in the downtown area 
and especially around the library. And I would say that I think in the last few years that there's been a lot of work with those folks to one, create a space where they aren't blocking people from getting into the library. And we've had very little issues with them. So I'm not going to promise that we are not going to have a homeless person or people in that general area. This is where the services are and the mission is down the street. So I think our, our goal to be to be realistic and is that we want to create a recreation amenities that are big enough to draw a lot of people so that those folks, they don't want to be in the middle of a big party for, you know, or they want to be kind of off on their own. And so I feel like we can do both. I feel like we can create great space that families feel comfortable and safe in and that the volume of the people that will be attracted to a well-planned, well-constructed park project will not be comfortable for people to just hang out there all the time. But that isn't to say that you may not have to walk past or drive past people that are experiencing homelessness and that is, that's just where we are in the community right now. So I think that there's a way to do more there, but I think people need to be, if your threshold is zero, I, I, I don't have any expectation that we would get there. But given that the survey itself does offer some safety features that people might be interested in, like additional lighting and, and things of that nature. Sure. So there's certainly some things that with the design of this park that could make community members who might otherwise feel unsafe, feel safer in this, in this general area, correct? And certainly going into a, going into a new design, there are park design principles around safety and, and design around safety that we would be incorporating. And actually we have some people at the police department that have been specifically trained on that. We are planning to keep the existing fencing up And that the park would be locked and secured at night. So, you know, by simply not allowing people to camp over, that helps a lot with illegal camping. And we've been working with the police department on a proposal for a park ranger program. And I'm hoping that we will get that launched about the same time. And so we would have actually dedicated law enforcement who would have a both a understanding, knowledge, and duty to work in our parks and trails and kind of be part of the fabric of that operation as opposed to just getting called out from time to time. So really it is our downtown parks that have the most issues with transients. And by having just a consistent volume of people actively using the spaces, that is in many cases, a large deterrent to, to overnight camping. But, you know, the fencing and keeping that secured at night is, is a big strategy, including a lot more lights so that when there is either after dark programming that is very well lit or simply that, you know, the police can see through there at night when it's closed and make sure that, that it is empty. But security cameras, other amenities so that, you know, there are features that, you know, really it we're building a park for this, for this century and this time that we have modern technology that we haven't historically incorporated, but now it's time to start doing that. And Kim, Katie mentioned that there's some community feedback that's already come in on that note. How can community members get involved in the process and the project itself? We have a few different things. And so we have an online engagement tool that you can find on the city's website. And it's a a pretty fun survey tool asking you to 
prioritize different uses and guiding principles, as well as some opportunity to give specific open comment areas. And then we are also holding a variety of meetings. So we have a Zoom meeting that is planned for Thursday, December 9th at four o'clock. And then we have a, a meeting in the park on Saturday at two o'clock. And then another one in January on the Martin Luther King holiday. And we're going to try to make a picnic out of that. So those are some opportunities. A lot of people haven't been inside the park. It's been locked up for three years. So we're certainly encouraging people to come to our on-site meeting and come inside. And if anybody wants to, to get in outside of those hours, we'd certainly be happy to make those arrangements. But there's, you know, people don't realize we have actually some really beautiful big trees out there and just kind of getting a good sense of the space and how much room there is to work with. We're encouraging people to come for the on-site meetings, or if they like, we have the Zoom one set up as well. After this whole survey process and Zoom meetings and in-person meetings, what's the next step for the city? Where do you go from there? Sure. Well, we will take the results and in concert with our, we have a a parks commission. They're called the Community Services Advisory Commission, uh, five residents who are appointed by the city council to advise us and the city council. So we'll be working through those ideas with them and coming up with a proposal that will then, the city council will be deciding in February how to allocate those funds that we talked about with the Rescue Act funds and the wildfire funds. So we want to have a proposal ready to make at that time. And so it will be considered in conjunction with that broader funding conversation. And Kim, one of the elements of the survey components for the community is potentially a new name for the park. You you mentioned a little bit that South City Park isn't fully accurate these days since it's no longer truly the south portion of the city of Reading. What does that process look like if there were a name? I mean, is it truly community driven? I guess, how does that work? Yeah, we haven't really dived too deeply into that, but we thought it was certainly a question worth asking in, in this broader community survey. So we recently renamed the Henderson Open Space to Nora Pond a win to name. And it does seem like we're going to be attempting to fairly dramatically reimagine the space. So I think that it's a good opportunity to consider it. There's always a lot of opinions about that. Some people feel like the historical name is important. Others feel like it's time for a fresh name. So we're just trying to get a pulse on the community about how they feel about that. And then we did encourage people to suggest names, but there would be a whole separate process uh, in naming considerations where that decision was made. One of the other elements too that I was curious about is with regard to shade trees, obviously in the, in the heat of the summer, it can be rather warm here in Reading. Currently, South City has quite a robust offering of shade trees. Are there plans in place to maintain those or to ensure that they remain? Or again, how does that piece of it work? Yeah, I think we would want to be very mindful in the design of any new improvements that we're maintaining, you know, all, if not most of those trees, you know, one of the suggestions too, was to look at water features and kind of sprouting fountains and things like that, that would also allow for summertime use. Actually, I found, I saw another city that recently they have it open during the day for like kind of younger school age kids. And then at night they on the weekends, they turn it into like kind of a, a teen and tween themed event. I thought that was kind of clever. So, you know, I think in Reading, we all in park design, we always have to be mindful of heat and shade opportunities, but also interactive water is a great option as well. 
And do you have any other thoughts or, or things that you want to share with the community on this project to spell any misconceptions or encourage participation in this process? Yeah, well, I really would love to hear from everyone. I think, you know, when I look at this space and designing it, there's a few things to think about is, of course, we would love to have everything in there, but it is in a very big park. So we are going to have to prioritize uses. And then from my lens, I look at like, what do we need to do here versus other places? And so just for example, you know, one of the ideas that has that's in the survey and has been suggested is an outdoor amphitheater. Well, for me, we've been in dialogue with the Chamber of Commerce. It was one of the 20 and 2020 plans that the City Identity Project came up with was to actually put a band shell and improve the technology, the water and power at the Riverfront Park Amphitheater. And so to me, that seems like a place if I was going to make the investment, I would prioritize that location because of its riverfront. It's cooler there. We already have a stage. We just need to add on to that. So that will be really some of the process around, you know, as we go to that next level of having to prioritize is like, okay, where, where else could this happen? And is there other projects that, you know, we have a lot of other work projects kind of in the works or on the drawing board that the community may not be aware of. And so that next level of review will take into account ball field complexes, amphitheaters, you know, other, other projects that are in planning or proposed at the same time. As a reminder, we are really looking for community feedback for this podcast If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for episodes, please email us at podcast at cityofreading.org. We'd love to hear from you and incorporate those questions into future episodes.